Hello and welcome to episode 5 of season 2. A reminder to like and subscribe if you haven't already, and please do leave us a review on your podcast provider of choice. It makes the world of difference to an indie show like us. This week before we start, as a special treat, Patricia gives us a little bit of an insight into Sylvester. Sylvester is a 16-year-old kid from Lactown. He's a high elf that started as a fighter, and now he only wants to be a bard. He comes from a house called House Grayson that has a deeply rooted military tradition that requires that all children, when reaching an appropriate age, enlist uh, to the military as part of their sacred duty. Um, however, Sylvester was never that type of kid. He loves parties and going to taverns. He feels that there's like a lively environment in there compared to the whole gloomy feeling of the militia. So he would frequent those places and, well, those are exactly the types of places an honest military man of noble should not be found in. So, after a few quarrels with his dad, he decided that it was best if he just quit. And he ran away from home. He is currently being searched by his family. However, he is very good at hiding. Because he has been hiding his real identity his whole life. Sylvester is interesting to roleplay because... He would be a shy 16-year-old, but his usual nature, once he is accustomed to people around, is to be really chatty, to be really um, talkbacky, if uh, it makes sense. And so he wants to be very loud, he wants to be on the spotlight, but he is too young and too shy to actually try. He's also very afraid of failing, which is normal for a 16-year-old. Right now, he feels the party is very welcoming. However, he still doesn't feel close enough to them to tell them about his background because he fears that they won't like him if he does. He feels sorry for Ella that she had such a difficult past. He is a bit curious about the whole thing that she went through but he doesn't want to actually make her feel uncomfortable. He is very grateful to Linabel for the whole tavern fiasco, but he may not say it right away. He identifies with Ren, um, however, he is not going to try to push him into telling him his tragic backstory. Sylvester falls in love easy and that has brought him a lot of problems. Right now, he is worried about a certain someone and that they're going to kill him. So I'm really wondering how that's going to work out. All right, so that's Sylvester. And thank you so much for listening to me playing this very interesting character.
Okay, good. So, welcome back to episode five of the second season of Eliasaria. Uh, I'm here with my wonderful guests, and uh, I guess it's time for a recap. So, the last few episodes, uh, quite a lot happened. Our cast have probably completely forgotten, because for us it's been a couple of weeks since we played. It started with them in jail, and they had they were released on the promise of uh, freedom if they could find a murderer who was roaming the city. They went to the scene of the crime, and thanks to some unlucky rolls, found very, very little... <laughs> They were piecing together the night before where they'd been involved in some kind of drunken brawling involving a goat. Uh, mm. And their travels led them to the market where Ella uh, bought, with inverted commas, well, she did buy, but she bought something that was someone else's. Uh, <laughs> at the meantime, other people buying meat pasties and investigating leads. These leads led them to find out there'd been a fight between Daniel and uh, the deceased over a woman called Amira who was one of the barmaids they headed to the pub where they chatted with Amira and her friend Rose and found out that the uh, Merrill the person who'd been murdered had had a bit of a gambling problem and been involved with some thieves so they headed to the Twittons to talk to the dragonflies uh having a brief encounter along the way, getting accosted. Uh, they managed to persuade one of the thieves to turn his back on a life of crime, get to the Thieves' Guild hideout and talk there to Salray Rolofi, who was an older elven lady, who uh, informed them that they had been planning on killing Meryl, but they hadn't done it. <laughs> the only other lead they had was from the bar, uh, Bronn, the owner of the Happy Halfling Tavern, who'd said that he'd seen mysterious lights in the library at night. So they headed there and infiltrated to find a familiar face to listeners, off Loki, hiding in the darkness, reading tomes and searching for ancient artefacts. He gave our party a book, which several of the, mem uh, of the party members found oddly personal as it contained childhood nursery rhymes and stories that seemed to pertain to their backgrounds. They headed back to the pub, uh, partook in some brown ale. Uh, oh, Ella got turned permanently blue along the way, which caused some social embarrassment, which Linabel was not having and uh, just took on an entire tavern and scolded them uh, not just for that, but also for Sylvester's wonderful, moving performance that the drunken patrons didn't quite appreciate. Uh, when they returned, they were very quiet so as not to uh, incur Linabel's wrath again. Uh, Ren was having some heartfelt chats with Sylvester just before bed, kind of going into their past and what it means to be who they are, and they entered a deep, peaceful sleep which was awoken rudely at about 5, 6 a.m. with a cry that there'd been another murder. And that is where we're going to jump back in. Oh, wow. So you are currently in the Happy Halflings in your room. There is uh, screaming from downstairs. Wake up, Ella. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> we got to get out of here. There's been another murder. <laughs> We gotta go check it out. Let's go quickly. Let's go. Knock on the. I'll race you. Let's knock on the boys' room and let's let's head downstairs. Yes, I will go and I will hammer on the door. 
Come on, let's go. We've got more information. Raise and shine. <laughs> so Lester like got up super quick and just grabbed everything and said, like, okay, let's go, let's go. Bren does not get up quick. <laughs> <laughs> but follows shortly <laughs> after a grumble. Okay, you pound down the tavern stairs and in the common room you see Bron who is there who's no longer polishing a mug as all good bartenders are but is sort of setting the tables out and just general cleaning looking up in shock as you see Rose the blonde-headed uh, elven lady from the night before there just tears streaming down her face oh no what's happened this their tits Daniel and Amira. What? They've been killed. The killer's got them. Well, that's not good. No, that's not good at all. She's just weeping a disconsolate mess in the corner. Can I go put an arm around her comfortingly? Absolutely, you can. I'd like to do that. It's all right, it's all right. When did you notice that this happened? I went to get her for work and... <laughs> she just starts crying again. She doesn't, she's not able to uh, mm-hmm. maintain any kind of togetherness right now. All right, so looking back at the, the crew. Um, so shall we go upstairs then? Or should we wait a few minutes? So, uh, just clarification, we heard the cries of the murder or cries of Rose? It's clear now that what you heard was Rose kind of bursting into the tavern, announcing there had been a murder. Okay. Where were they murdered, dear? Where are they? Where? Where's Daniel and Amira? Rose just starts crying harder. Uh-huh. Uh, Bron kind of comes over, puts awkwardly kind of pats her on the head got like all kind of older men who don't really know to handle how to handle this sort of grief goes well uh they uh they live down at the nook down in dockside uh this is bad news i I hate to be an inconvenience but can you go and find out what happens absolutely we're planning on it and he, he gives you their address, which he describes as being right down on the docks um, by the seafront in an area that you recognise as being similar to the to where you were looking at the first murder. So whereas before we, we were in the nook and we'd said that the house was sort of in the middle of that uh, southwesternmost bunch of houses, now this is sort of right down on the dock front. It's the same kind of very tall, very narrow houses, two, three stories. They've got apartments on each floor. This is where the poorest people live. All right. So I'm going to um, turn to Rose. And I know you probably can't hear me right now, but we're, we're going to go take care of it, all right? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Just sobbing. I'm so sorry. I'll get you a cinnamon bun on the way back. She kind of looks up and there's a, a half smile in between the tears running down her face. Bron's looking there and he just looks half shocked and then just says, Who's going to cover her shift? I don't know what we're going to do. That's what you're worried about right now. 
Well, no, but... Can't you see? Have a little um, word that I can't think of right now. She's upset. It's 6am, Bron. I think you have time to figure this out. Oh, right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go get you a drink, Rose. And just kind of wanders off. That's better. That's better. All right, team, shall we? Onward to the nook. <clears throat> so you make your way outside and uh, you head down to the seafront. It's about a, a 20 minute walk at this time of day. There's not that many people on the thoroughfare as it's fairly early in the morning. But as you get down to the dockside, you see the docks are already heaving with boats coming back in laden with produce, uh, fishermen with just nets filled with lobsters and seafood and prawns and all kind of things that they've caught, just unloading uh, the ships and loading up the wagons. It stinks, as only a docks can. But within short time, you find the tall, narrow house. Uh, you can't be entirely sure it's that one, but you think as there's a guard standing outside, <laughs> It's probably a pretty good guess. Is this where Daniel and Amira live? Oh, good morning, by the way. And the uh, really scrawny-looking red-haired guard turns around to you and says, Good morning. <laughs> um, don't I recognise you lot? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. No, the sergeant said you might be coming by. Um, yeah, go on up. It's a uh, top floor. And he just waves you in. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> Top floor again? Mm. The other one was a top floor too. Ah, yeah, yeah, it was. We're putting it together. All these clues. <laughs> Let's go. So you head up uh, an almost identical looking set of stairs going past two other apartments until you get to the top floor, which is uh, it's kind of partially open. And outside, certainly Sylvester recognises a very familiar face of a guard just leaning on the wall, just going... Mm, no. <laughs> no. Oh, I thought yesterday was bad. This, oh. Just turns up and says, you don't, you don't want to go in there. Why do you keep taking on these assignments if you don't like the way it looks? <laughs> I, I don't really have a choice. You must be new. Oh. Well, I don't think anyone oh. likes how it looks. Well, no, and that's not what I was saying. Sylvester is going to, like, um, act tough. And be like, no, I'm ready this time. And at the first sight of blood, just be like, nope. No <laughs> okay. Uh, as you walk in, roll me a perception check. Oh, that's right. I should have dice. <laughs> 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 yeah, D and D. Dirty twenty. Oh, nice. That's a lot more like it. So we're going to find <laughs> oh. some stuff. <laughs> I got a 12. Except some candle wax. <laughs> hey, Ooh. a 12 still finds yeah. stuff. Nice, nice. <laughs> that smell of that, that, that ocean, that seafood, and the blood and everything <laughs> is really getting Elena Bell, so she might not be as effective oh. from looking around the room. Oh, much better than last time. 19. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, we find stuff. So, as you walk in, you see something that makes... Even Ren's stomach curl, the hardened soldier that he is. You see two bodies slumped in this one-room apartment. Amira's is on the bed, kind of splayed. Daniel's is on the floor, reaching towards her. Their blood plasters every single wall. It's like a slasher movie, gory. 
It's uh, there's viscera everywhere. The smell is overpowering, and you're all taken aback by the the clear violence of this scene. This is if yesterday's was bad. This is ten times more deliberate. Ren would immediately go to look look at the wounds and compare them to yesterday's. Okay, so um, make me a medicine check then, please. Ella's gonna look around the room after not cracking a joke, which she wanted to, but she's not going to because this is ten times worse than yesterday. Okay, make me an investigation check. Fifteen. Okay. Fifteen? Okay. Um, so, you notice... Firstly, that these wounds were caused by a dagger again. That, again, they seem to have been made post-mortem. Mm. With your highest score, you realise that this blood all around the place doesn't look fresh as though it happens. These bodies look calm and peaceful where they were. Um, or at least Amiris does. Daniel looks more stressed like he'd walked in on something and seen it. Uh, the the horrific detail you find on her body is that the only cut that seems, the cuts that seem to be, have done before death were the tendons in her arms and her legs to stop her being able to move. Oh, wow. Uh, how did you do on that investigation check? 13. 13. You find some more wax, firstly. Uh, you find, again, the similar humanoid footprints that Sylvester found yesterday. You find some grey mud. And you find, by Daniel's hand where he'd been reaching out, that he'd written something in his own blood as he lay dying. There are five letters. O... F. <laughs> okay. O. T. H. E. C. I found more wax. So is that night again? That's the same. You think it's the same wax? This is. This is dagger wounds. <laughs> <laughs> Ren kind of stands up after leaning over the bodies. You can see some of the blood between his fingers. They were drained after they were killed. These dagger wounds are not what killed them. Who would do this? Oh my does this? god. Amira's tendons were cut as if to stop her from moving. Daniel walked in in the middle of the scene. That's awful. It's like torturous. It's. <sighs> I just remembered something. Um. We. We decided that that fellow we met in the library. He's a vampire, right? We're pretty sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> did we? Did I don't want to metagame that. Did we? Did we figure that there, out? There was some. I mean, uh, 
you, you I remember you shouted Heavy them. Speculation. You knew it. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, I think that there was a wasn't there was a story in the book that referenced vampire or didn't say directly vampires but referenced vampires. Mm-hmm. I think Ella mm-hmm. was immediately like, I knew it. Um, mm-hmm. I remember doing that, but I don't remember if we had talked about. We it didn't as a talk group. about it as a group. We well, we okay, kept reading so stories. I retract. <laughs> Great. Yeah, Bell, I retract that was, sentence. Little Bell, I think, was actually snoozing the entire time. Oh yeah. Was being read, so little Bell had had a lot of like, brown that's wine. Right. Yeah, I'm like that. Yeah. She's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> snoring a little bit <laughs> alright so my next question is would Ella know what a vampire is the legends of otherworldly creatures like were creatures, vampires orcs are they're legends, they're stories like in our world, you, you've read them um, but nobody that you know possibly has ever seen one okay. yeah I found I've, I don't know if you saw but I found some letters on the ground that it looks like Daniel put in his own blood. Um, O-T-H-E-C. I thought it was going to spell other, but that quickly fell over. Mm. I wonder if it's an abbreviation of something? Or a name. Or a name, as possible. Othek. 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 I would say for your uh, investigation role... There were other letters, but they had been disrupted by what had ah. happened in the room. So uh, you could reasonably uh, put together that this might be part of a word. Oh, mm. I see. Well, we have to play some anagrams but later and try and figure this out. Um, is there, um, I guess, is there any sign of entry or exit from the windows of this room make me an investigation check got it the rolls are slowly getting lower (laughs) (laughs) uh it's a 12 window is painted shut so you would know that in in this sort of cheap apartments painted windows can't be opened it must have smelled awful in here in the summer and been stifling hot Nothing's gone through that window in a long time. Hmm. Would anyone like to make me an arcana check? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was good at these. I'm not. But I rolled good. Ooh. It's an 18 from me. 19 for me. Uh, I rolled a... I rolled a one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ella and Ren notice hang on there's been wax in both rooms and no one heard anything in the first place and you start looking round and you just find a few little fragments of uh, what looks to be the remains of a spell casting oh So they got in by magical means. Hmm. That seems to make sense. Do you know a spell that uses wax? I say, as you got a, over an 18, because 18 was the DC I set, uh, <laughs> you take a moment to think, and you think, okay, what, what's all the things I know that I could do with wax? 
and you get up a, a whole list of small things like uh, mischievous spells making things um, kind of explode and then you think I can make it really quiet I could make a sphere where nothing escapes using that wax silence silence that's awful no wonder no one heard anything and why them? I don't know. Why her? She was the initial target, right? That's what we've figured out. And mm. But why? Meryl is dead. That seemed, to be, the pro- seemed to be the big problem at first. At least what we thought. Linabel, make me an insight check. Let's see if you can get in the twisted mind of whoever did this. Uh, it's a 16. That's very good. For <laughs> 16, you start putting together, what have they got in common? And you know they both drink at the Happy Halfling. Mm-hmm. You know that they are, well, one was a half-elf. Uh, Amira appears to be a half-elf too. So is there some kind of elven connection there? Um, you can smell ale in the room so you know maybe alcohol's got something to do with it you're not really sure what direction that's leading you in but those are things you think they've been common with both scenes yeah so the one thing that's tying it all together is the happy half or the the happy halfling at this point well um shelby question the neighbors again or should we search around this building or we can ask the neighbors if they saw anything yes because we know we didn't they didn't hear anything but we're doubting they will or they had it doesn't hurt to ask go make some more new friends right (laughs) it's true wonder where that other group is the other one that's solving i wonder if they i wonder if they're aware of this other murder we got here first the happy halfling is the common factor. Maybe our killer targets drunks. Those who stumble home at night. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. So should we follow drunks tonight then? <laughs> Just to make sure they're safe. Let's see what else we can find out. Alright. You're the leader. I think Linabel's the leader. <laughs> <laughs> You're the secret leader. <laughs> what about, yeah, sure. Just, <laughs> um, all right, well, did, did, well, did, you, did we want to go search around here at all, or did we want to just go straight to the happy halfling? I think we could ask the... Check let's some stuff out to, or look around. Yeah, let's go, let's go talk to the neighbors, see if they saw anything. Okay, so uh, as you're walking outside back into the hallway, Sylvester is is kind of still back to the wall, not looking at the door. Uh, but can you just make me an, a, a perception check, Sylvester? 16. That's pretty good. It's one over what you needed. <laughs> uh, so as you are standing there actively not trying to think about all... You can hear the conversation, but you're just oh. like, no... No. Yeah, I'm like leaning on the door like... (laughs) You look at the handrail of the stairs and you see a tiny speck of red. Uh, And as you go over to look at it, 
you see it's a thumbprint. And you see it's a small thumbprint. And then looking down, you see the same kind of, not whole footprint, but kind of smear that you saw in the last place that could have been a footprint. Putting that together with this thumbprint, you think, oh, this, this might be the killer's. Alright, so um, when they approach, kind of like to hide the fact that the boy is hyperventilating, um, he'll be like, oh, I found another clue, it's, it's, it's here, it's probably from the killer, and, you know, get, trying to get their attention there. Well done, Sylvester. Thank goodness you're taking care of things out here for us. This is wonderful. <laughs> We're such a great team. Looking at the um, half foot smear print uh, and the thumbprints. You said they're smaller. Is there a way to, can we identify, I guess, how small in reference? Is this like, are we talking a gnome, a halfling? Um, make me a, we should call it investigation. Rolling well today. 16. You see that it's definitely not a full grown adult male. Hmm. Uh, or if it is, they've got oddly tiny hands and feet. Um, almost Trump-esque small. Uh, <laughs> uh, got, it's probably not a halfling because they have small hands but very large feet. Mm. And it's uh, definitely, well, it could, it could be a very large gnome. But it's unlikely to be... They're not so small that it's, mm. uh, say, a three-foot gnome. The the boy that we, we like, let go, right? He was part of the dragonflies, and we let him go. Did he go to the Happy Halfling for a job? Is that what happened? Okay. And was he... What was, he, what was his... Uh, was he a human? He was elf. Half-elf. got suspicious of him for a moment yeah. there. It's, like, Every, it's, it's like, getting super paranoid now. Everyone we've talked to is a suspect. Every single person, right? <laughs> well, they're certainly young. Young? Or small. I, I hope they're not young. I mean, we know the dragonflies employ young people. There's only like two seconds where Ren side-eyes Sylvester, but then... Tosses, tosses it out of his head. <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> he remembers that. Oh, we shared a room. I would have known if something happened. Is <laughs> there like wax in your room? Just like <laughs> show me your hands. No. <laughs> They're a bit big. <laughs> and don't and not covered in blood. <laughs> Um, we know that the dragonflies aren't the ones that did this, unless they're very good liars, which they very well might be. I don't know what to think. <sighs> it's frustrating. We know whatever the killer is. They can use magic. That narrows it down to about half the city. Being able to get in quietly with a silent spell doesn't seem mundane. 
Akobo of the city. Do you still want to ask the ask the neighbors? Yeah, might as well. We'll go downstairs to the second floor. Okay. As you knock on the door, you are greeted by a um. Use that one already. By a tall, quite gaunt teenage boy, uh, human male, who just opens up the door. Good morning to ya. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. I'm Ella, this is Linabelle, and that's Ren, and that's Sylvester. Nice to meet you. We, uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time, but we were just wondering if you saw anything strange last night. Uh, I didn't do anything. That, no what? one said you did, dear. That's no. Well, that's now that's suspicious. <laughs> I did. I, I, I was asleep at the time. I didn't do anything. You were. That s- wasn't even the question I asked. You were s- slow down. What's your name? My name's Finn. Finn. Hello, Finn. We just want to ask you some questions. There's no need to be nervous. I already asked you a question. You didn't answer me. My mum's not home right now. We're not asking I didn't your ask your mum, I asked you. Did you see anything strange or not? And we'll be on our way. Um, no. Do I believe him? Insight check. <laughs> Terrorizing the neighborhood. <laughs> 24. Ooh. Ooh. Natural 19. Teenage boys. Uh, teenage boys gonna be sketchy. Uh, you get the sense that whatever he did, he definitely did something last night, uh, but it was probably not involved. He, he, he looks just like a really sketchy teenage kid, and glancing down, you see that he's got uh, massive hands that would uh, seem to eliminate him for the moment. Uh, he's just very nervous. You don't care what you did, kid. Just interested if you saw I mean, I'm interested. I'm interested. I, I, that sounds good. Oh, all right, fine. We're going to be honest with you. We're investigating a murder that happened upstairs. <laughs> and we need you to tell us the, the truth point. right now. Wow. Did you hear? Yes. Did you murder anyone last night? <laughs> no, no, no. That's, we... no that's not this. Not the question. No, no. This... <laughs> the question no. I we... started with was, did you see anything strange last night? No, I, oh god, completely lost the accent. <laughs> so much. Oh, I don't even know what it was. It was kind of like that, wasn't it? There yeah, we go. Okay, very then, nicely. Uh, I, I, I didn't see anything. I, no, I was here. I had my girlfriend over. She's not supposed to come here over. I'm not. <laughs> no, I, I was busy. All right, all right. See, thank you very much. That's all we needed to know. Sylvester rolls his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, don't tell worry. me, Mum. I Can won't. I no worries. Sketchily closes the door. <laughs> <laughs> My God, that was harder than I thought. Young boys, you just gotta be—you just gotta be strict and, and you know, strong with them. They'll, they respect that. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> All right, shall we t- talk to the one on the, la- the bottom floor then? suppose so. Does anybody else want to talk this time? I didn't do so well that time. I'll talk this time. <laughs> That's the spirit. I'll be right behind you. 
Hopefully they may have seen something. The only way in was through the stairs. You uh, head down to the bottom floor and rap smartly on the door. And in a moment, a uh, halfling male exits who or opens the door who's wearing bright yellow uh, vest and he's got his hair in lovely blonde gold reds kind of gold blonde curly locks and he's got a huge smoking pipe um kind of comically large and opens the door and just says good morning how may i be of service i like your hair Good morning, friend. Thank you kindly. Did you see anything strange last night when investigating Tell a crime? Tell him your name. Tell him your name first. Ella, I thought I was going to be doing the talking. I, yes, you are, but you need to be polite. Tell him your name, or I will. My name's Wren. What is yours? There you go. There we go. Well, good morning, Wren. My name is Faro. Faro Diggle. <laughs> And it is a pleasure to meet you all. Yeah. Although I must say, I have not seen you around our particular abode before. No, we are new in town. Ellis oh. trying really hard not to laugh. <laughs> and I, what sort of thing? I, I saw many things last night. I'm quite important down here, don't you know? I was actually at a local meeting of the dock workers. I'm one of their representatives. And I came home, so I saw many things. What particular thing are you interested in? Anything strange that happened? Particularly, did you see Amira and Daniel come home? The folks who live upstairs? Oh, how prosaic. Uh, and if you could roll me a persuasion check, please. There we go. That's what I'm good at. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, this is the... I'm rolling all good, and now I don't. But it's okay, because it's a 13. 13. Uh, Faro turns and says, Hmm... Yes, well, of course you wouldn't be here to talk to me, interested in that woman <laughs> well she came home last night with her man friend not even married don't you know it's a scandal honestly but um really it was all oh, what happened not a lot really and then her well, they had a visitor i think i heard someone go by um it must have been about midnight and i thought it Awfully late. Don't they know I've got an important meeting in the morning? Did you see them? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Did you see this visitor? <laughs> or only hear them? Well, I'm not getting out of bed for those two. What, what do you... Um, yeah, he's going to roll a history check, see if he can remember. You very, very lucky people. That's when he did. He says, wow. uh, "Bright fellow." <laughs> well, yes, I remember because I've been, I've been having some of this new drink that they just introduced <laughs> at the docks, and it was an awfully earthy thing. And when I got home, it was the smell of um, um, oh, um. 
herbs or something. It was deeply unpleasant. They didn't see anyone. I'm not going out that time of night. There's all sorts of ruffians out here. Thank you, sir. You best be off to your meeting. You're most welcome. And remember, Faro Diggle, the chief of fisheries. We'll not soon forget it. He just closes his door. <laughs> I cannot stop giggling the whole time uh, with uh, him. That is, uh, yeah. Ren will turn around to look to his compatriots all giggling behind him. Just, just a deep, like, heavy shrug of his shoulders and sigh. <laughs> oh, come on, his last name was Diggle. Yeah, lighten up, soldier, we just got another clue. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's a slight crack of a smile on Ren's face. <laughs> so our visitor, our visitor oh. smelled of herbs. Herbs? Came around midnight. Midnight. Herbs. I got nothing. <laughs> well, perhaps there's an apothecary in this town. Ooh. And did we save any of that wax just in case we, we I mean, if we go to an apothecary, maybe we could find... Like, you know. Oh yeah, I've got it. It's in all of my pockets. Okay. In everything you found, <laughs> you just everything, everything like you're playing a game of Elder Scrolls. <laughs> what you need? All right, give me a second. <laughs> I found this pot. <laughs> As you exit the building and you see the guard, he goes. Find what you need. Got it all. <laughs> Would you happen to know if there's an apothecary in this town? Um, yeah, there is actually. It's, uh, oh, it is just in the northern bit of the Twittens. Can't miss it. If you go to Master Feldergast's and then you just go north on that, you don't have to go down any of the funny roads or anything. <laughs> Thank you. Little Bell uh, would, would, just wants to say to him, um, if there's another group that comes by that's, they're not, they're not official. Don't let them in. <laughs> we are the only ones that are allowed in this. That's right. They're not <laughs> official. We have exclusive rights to this case. It's true. Yes, we do. Make me so right. a deception check <laughs> with advantage because everyone's chipping in. <laughs> First one's a nine. <laughs> okay, so I got a 16 on my second roll. Okay, I'm just going to roll insights. Right, right, you are. Yep, you're the only ones. Fine. Thank you. Yes, right. We need a name for ourselves. I'm going to think on that as we're walking. <coughs> Maybe the ladybugs. <laughs> Dragonflies, ladybugs. As you start walking down the streets, you see four... Familiar figures <gasps> approaching. Uh, out in front is a small rat-like looking uh, human kind of just looking creepy. A large lumbering Thor-like person behind them. A short female half-elf and a uh, ginger-bearded dwarf approaching. And the little one goes, Oh no, don't say you got there first again. We got there first again. <laughs> and there's nothing... Fancy over there, so you might as well just 
Go look somewhere else. Same scene as last night. Yeah, well, not like we're going to listen to you, is it? You just watch out. We're going to solve this and you're going to end up back in jail. <laughs> no, you're going to end up back in jail. We're going to solve it first. <laughs> a little bell walks, just steps forward really calmly and she says, we're, we're sorry, we, they wouldn't even let us in there. <laughs> so, it, it, I'm, we're sorry. We're, we, we're lying. And I want to, did you just say we're lying? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like she was lying. Ella was lying. Oh. <laughs> we weren't in there at all. Oh, yeah. It. Like immediately, like, I'm, yeah, I'm lying. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, make me a deception check. Okay. Uh, that's going to be a 14. Okay. There he goes. Well, you're probably just not that good at talking to people. I'll get in there, no problem. Excuse you. We're very good at talking to people. Ren's going to kind of step forward and, and put an ar- a hand on... Rat face's shoulder, and just sort of look look at him quite seriously. None of us wants to end up back in jail, friend. That's... There's not much you can find back there. It's much the same as yesterday. So he looks up at you, and uh, the the kind of big guy behind him puts his arm on your shoulder, and he's a head taller than you, Ren. Uh, he and he just goes, hmm, might want to watch where that hand goes, friend. I mean, uh, you might want to watch where that attitude goes, friend. As I said, I don't mean any harm. <laughs> and the small uh, dwarf just like whips out an axe and has it kind of aimed at you, Ellen. Goes, you might want to watch where you put your friends, friend. At that, Ren is. Not, I don't intend to start combat in the middle of this, but (laughs) not striking, but will summon a spear out of nowhere at the dwarf's throat and just say, you harm a single hair on her head and you won't see tomorrow morning, dwarf. And I will summon my mage hand and slap him across the face. Right, okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, roll an attack first. We'll see if this mage hand does the slap. We came at him hard this time. We were <laughs> what do I? It's ask early. That? There's yeah, been a double that? murder. I mean, yeah, your attack to anything? hit, I guess. Yeah, your attack, your mage, your spell attack. Oh, to spell hit. attack. Oh dear. Okay. That's I can already six. hear the hear the internet going. It's not an attack. I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Twelve. Get over it. Twelve. Um, and who are you aiming at? The dwarf. Yeah. It does not hit. Uh, so as you go to your mate, you see your mate hand appear and just vroom, sweep down towards her face. And then you see the half elf at the back sigh in a way that's very reminiscent of Ren's sighing, but <laughs> like a thousand percent <laughs> more bitchy. And uh, <laughs> just like, oh, I'm just done with this shit. And just it kind of waves her hand and it just dismisses your mate hand. Hey, that's not fair. I rather think that we're getting all a little carried away. I think bloodshed on the docks is not the wisest thing that we could do right now. I suggest we all go our own way. I don't like you. I don't like you either, small fry. But that's what happens. Small Children fry. run around. I mean, she is half your height as well. She's a titchy <laughs> half elf. <laughs> <laughs> Them's fighting talk, as they say. The spear will vanish from Ren's hand and he'll kind of have a 
stern look on his face, keeping eye contact with, I don't know which one actually, <laughs> keeping eye contact with the dwarf and then kind of occasionally looking over to the Thor fellow. But he'll he'll step back and kind of wave a hand for them to pass by. Okay. Uh, the... I mean, I should give him names, but the Thor-looking fellow just takes his <laughs> hand off your shoulder. He's called Brian. Uh, just... <laughs> On your way, Brian. <laughs> but it's got seven H's in. It's really fantasy. Yeah. Uh, he, he, um, he just kind of nods curtly at Ren and goes, wise choice, and starts walking past. The elf... Yeah, that's right. Walk away. Wiser choice. Just kind of flinches a smile at you that... Um, Sort of like the smile the popular girls at school give when they think they're being clever. Uh, that, hmm, I'm amazing smile. Uh, that's just devoid of personality or soul. And the, God, I've got issues, haven't I? Wow, I should work through that. Um, <laughs> uh, the uh, dwarf just kind of puts her axe down and says, hmm, next, but next time and walks off, and they just start walking towards the guard. I stick my tongue out at the back of them, walking away. <laughs> are you going to stop and watch them, or are you going to move off? Oh, moving on. See, see me move off, yeah. Okay. Uh, in that case, where would you like to go? Do we want to go back to the Twittens? Well, it seems to be our only lead. Well, do you think we should go back and ask, check on... Um... Rose and Aspron if he notices anything funny. Perhaps we should go to the Twiddens first. Give Rose a little bit more time. Alright. Remind me I want to bring her a sweet on the way back. Make her feel better. Ren's a little hopped up right now on adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> Which is only slightly more <laughs> expressive than yeah, his eyes you know. are a little wider. <laughs> <laughs> And we we figured out, or the guard told us that the apothecaries and the Twitterns, is that why we're going there? Okay. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. So, I don't know why I moved this piece of paper. I do need it. So, um, you head to the Twitterns. You, uh, well, first make me a, oh God, what are we going to call this? Because it's supposed to be survival for navigation, but I'm going to call it investigation because you've got a map of the city, you've kind of got a rough location. So if you'd all like to make me an investigation check and we'll kind of take an average. Nope. Four plus four is eight. I got an eight as well. Uh, Twelve. Ten. Didn't think mine would be the highest roll. (laughs) Um, So you've got a map and you've had some directions, uh, but this is your first real time in trade ports. And by this time, there's a lot more caravans and uh, vendors and things on the street. It becomes slightly harder to navigate the hubbub as these winding alleys do look a little bit the same. You double back on yourselves a couple of times and you end up by Master Feldergast's which is the, uh, you've heard passing talk of him as the the resident blacksmith of the lower city. And uh, you see a open smithy at the corner of a busy road at the intersection with a a gnome's 
heads hanging down, complete with comedy red hat and a uh, three anvils and quenching pots and a selection of fine weaponry hanging up in the back of the shop. And out the front there is a tiny half-naked gnome who is the hairiest creature you have ever seen. He's just... Um, Thick black hair on his arms, back, shoulders, showing through the leather apron. His beard actually looks burnt from cinders and ash coming off the fires. Uh, he's got kind of greying hair uh, and he's just there and he looks up and he sees you for about the third time that you've walked past his shop. Oh, hello. Is it like the uh, third time I've seen you walk by my thought? Can I help you with anything? I whispered to the rest of my group, that is the hairiest individual I've ever seen. And <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, uh, hi, hello, my name is Ella and these are my friends. Um, we're looking for, what are we looking for? The apothecary. <laughs> we're looking for the apothecary. Oh, the apothecary? Yeah. Oh, oh, I see why you've got lost here. It's very confusing when you go up around these little alleys. So if you, what you want to do, right, is you've got to go straight down that road and then you've got to take a left just at the end. And then about three rows over, then you can see a sign. When you get there, turn around. Walk 17 steps left. Oh, I'm just pulling your leg, I am. It's really <laughs> close, honestly. I don't know how you missed it. <laughs> That's a good joke. So That's a good joke. Well, I'm not just a master blacksmith, you know. If you just turn <laughs> up there, it's, yeah, it's only left down there. And he points towards a... Uh, what you can clearly see now is an apothecary sign that was kind of half hidden by another <laughs> building. Oh, there it is. How do we walk by that three times? Oh, I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, friend. Most welcome. Have a nice day. And he goes back to just banging on his uh, anvil. So you get to the apothecaries. What would you like to do? I'd like to just look around and see if we can identify if they sell the same candle by you know from the wax. Um, so you're looking in the windows, or are you going into the shop? I'm just gonna walk in. I'm just gonna go yeah. into the shop. Man, will follow. So as you go to walk in, the door just just won't open, and you notice that the closed sign is up. Mm-hmm. It's it's about kind of ten o'clock by now. This is, it should be open, um, but it's closed. This is weird. I would like to look in the windows now. <laughs> Do you want me to try and pick the lock? Not yet, Ella. So, Not yet, uh, so does hope. <laughs> make me a perception check. Fifteen. So the windows are filled with the normal ragtag group of um, drying herbs and odd animal assortments in jars that you'd expect in apothecary, little signs saying Auntie Mavis's home-cured blastwort and um, best tonics for hangovers and all the, the normal things you'd expect to find in these charlatans' abodes. Uh, it's nothing really out of the ordinary, uh, but you also notice that the display is quite dusty and the shop seems to be dark. I picked a lot now. In the middle of the day, on the street. Well, do we, shall we see if there's a back door? Yes. Randy's going to backtrack a little bit to Feldergast's. Okay. 
and just approach him and just say, Sorry to bother you again, sir, but have you seen many folk go to the apothecary? It seems to be closed. Oh, hello again. Oh, the apothecary? No, um, well, I don't really pay that much attention to it, if I'm honest, but thinking about it, um, no, I haven't seen anyone really try and go in there for the last couple of days, really. It's been quite... Well, I, I mean, other than the, um, the, that girl that lives above it and that, but yeah, that's it. Do you know the individual who owns the shop? You owns it? Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, what you're looking for there is uh, you're looking for Bronwyn. Bronwyn. Yeah. Bronwyn Salamander. Bronwyn Salamander. That's the one. And this girl who lives above, do you know her name? No. Don't really pay attention to her, if I'm honest. Not really my thought, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Last time you saw Bronwyn... That's on my thought, Bronwyn. Oh, well, she came by looking for some pots and pans not that long ago, and her cold on had a hole in it. Oh, uh, about a week, I think. Well, thank you. You've been very helpful. You're most welcome. Have a lovely day. Um, as he's there, I'm still at the apothecary, and I'm looking at the sign and then looking at my note that has the letters on it. And then looking at the sign, and then I go, <gasps> Guys! Are you okay? Daniel was trying to write a apothecary on the floor! When you go.